Welcome to the Welsh Music Prize Conversations, where each nominated band or artist from the 2020 shortlist will delve into a chat about their body of work. You can hear all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Croeso mawr i sgyrsia gwobr gerddoriaeth Gymreig, ble bydd pob un band ac artist sydd ar y rhestr fer 2020 yn cael sgwrs am ei gwaith. Mae modd gwrando'r bob un o'r sgyrsiau yma trwy am, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. So sit back and enjoy this chat between Jimmy Watkins and Right Hand Left Hand about their nominated album Zone Rouge. Gobeithion o'ch i fynhau'r sgwrs yma rhwng Jimmy Watkins a Right Hand Left Hand am ei album Zone Rouge. This podcast may contain strong language. Gall y podcast hwn gynnwys iaith gref. Zone Rouge. For me, it is a real journey, and I'm, the first time I listened to it, I followed along on Wikipedia. I've never done that with an album before. I read about every place <laughs> that was referenced in the album, uh, and you know what? It's just I'm just really excited to talk about it because it really does. I think there's a ghost ship going all the way through it. I want to talk about this ghost ship, and I really like the idea how you live in fear of mankind being swallowed in the first song. And by the last song, you want mankind to be swallowed. You want nature to take the world back. So I want to talk about that journey. I'm just really excited to chat to you about this album. Byrne and Rodri, I know that I know you both really well as friends and running punks. But I don't feel like we've had a chat about this album. I was there for the album launch and it blew me away. It was amazing. I'm sure I was just gushing after the gig with you. But I really want to just talk about just there's so much going on in this album. I just want to talk about it. Um, Are you okay if I just... Like, just lay it on you, what I think I get from it, and then I want to talk about how you went about capturing that as a recording. Does that make Mate, sense? Do it any way you want. Go for it. All right. All right, cool. Um, so for me, I like I said earlier, I, I followed the album on Wikipedia, my first listen. I read about everything. And, you know, this, the first song it opens with, like, the first note that that synthesizer, to me, it sounded like some kind of ship offshore and I was like, right, I'm there already. I've been transported into this world. Let's let's go for a journey with this album. And the first song really felt like you didn't want this place to be swallowed up because of the diamond mine. You really wanted everybody to be safe. Um, the music itself had like a diamond quality to it. It was really bright and twinkling, and I loved that. Um, and as we went through the album, by the time we got to Zone Rouge, and you talk about you know the the title of that that song and the album about the place where the French just left after World War II, and they're like, let nature take its course. You were kind of glad. You wanted the earth to be swallowed up. You wanted mankind and humanity to be swallowed up by the planet. So was that your intention, to go on that kind of journey? And if so, like, how do you think about recording that and capturing all, just capturing that, basically capturing that? Well, let's go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that was like, a de- the whole thing wasn't like a deliberate plan. Um, yeah. from the start is more like each song is a little piece of the jigsaw and it kind of all builds up to maybe suggest what you just said really like the whole th- like every little instant every little story that we named a song for kind of always does build up to that kind of thing yeah something that does swallow you something whether you, yeah there's something destructive whether deliberate or not just destructive there's like a real feeling of depth going throughout the album and his references to, you know, like the, the, the deep boreholes, um, the, the sunken ship. And I really felt that depth, like some some parts of the music really gave me like a feeling of vertigo. There was like a real, I guess with music, the easiest way to achieve like a, a sound of depth was to let the music really soar, reach some big heights. And I felt like there's just moments in the album where it, I mean, I know it's such an, an obvious talking point. There are just two of you, but the, just the album just sounded so big. It's just incredible. Like, I, and I know from a performance point of view, for you too, you've got to work out how to do it live. You've got to work out how to get the loops in. So, was it like, did you have to plan it all? Like, you was some kind of lab experiment to start? Yeah, yeah. The the um, I mean, in terms of the track order, where it sort of what you said, it sort of starts with one thing and ends some, you know, where you kind of want it to con- be consumed up. That that's just deciding the track order is kind of like deciding a, a set list. It, it's just yeah. like what what would work. So it, that was kind of as accidental as Rodri suggested, really. And you know, in that sense, I think yeah. in terms of planning it out, I think Murdy was always going to be the first track, though. Yeah, I think yeah. that was like a given. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it, it yeah. in terms of planning it out, when we did the first album, which is ten years next year, when it was released since it was released, um, we recorded it like you see the gigs that you just referred to. So we're in the room, everything's mic'd up. Uh, when Roger is swapping guitars, he's having to take the headphones off, put the other guitar on, stick the headphones on. So and what we realised after doing that album was those changeovers, um, when you can't see it as if in a gig, it doesn't necessarily translate that well. So you're yeah. kind of waiting. And, and the amount of times I've sat there and listened to the first album with people and gone, oh, he's swapping guitars here, which is why yeah. there's this slightly extended period. So when we approach the second one, I'm with this one, we, we kind of did away with the loop station and just looped it all in Pro Tools <clears throat> so that we could edit and keep it concise. So, yeah. so um, and, and that's all planned out. I, it's all planned out on, like, Excel spreadsheets <laughs> in terms of, like, I swear to God, so, like, coloured lines. So, like, one block, if one block is worth four bars, then that loop goes for that many blocks and then it stops and then another thing comes in. And when you look at it, all the different colours on the spreadsheet, when you end up looking at the screen on Pro Tools at the end, they should yeah. technically look the same. That's so, amazing. So, and then you do the drums last. Well, yeah. well, yeah, pretty much last. Apart from a few extra bits, it's, it's pretty much last. So, so um, it allows us to be more concise. So, yeah, after that, you then have to work out how you do that live because you have it's going to take longer. But we've kind of got to a point where we've accepted over the years that the live one is just different and yeah. and you can allow a bit more time because people can see it. But yeah. I was certainly lost in translation a little bit on the first record. I'm glad we kind of changed it for, for this one. Um, I remember you recording the first one, um, Dumb Music Box. And I remember, were you saying like you could hear you guys walking around in a room, in, you know, when you were listening to the, the original tracks, like the master yeah, tracks or whatever? Yeah, you could hear like, <laughs> when we, if we swap instruments in the middle of a tune, you could hear the creaking of the wooden... <laughs> the footsteps going through the room and stuff. So, so this one was like, so what, you, you had all the songs written. You'd obviously gone through the, the stage of rehearsing them and, and getting them down. Was it about like just trimming them in a way? So, you know, when it came to recording, you could just like, it was an easier process or, I mean, I'm not saying that you would make it less adventurous that way because it's definitely an adventurous record. But with it, with the things you had to be like, we want to do this, but just recording now is going to be a nightmare. Was anything about the trim away? No, I think it was all pretty obvious, really. I mean, the bits yeah. where we would change would be the bits that we cut down. It's like we could see on the spreadsheet, like if you, there's a long, <laughs> like it was a couple of cells where nothing's changing, nothing's varying, <laughs> delete column, and then we could just edit the song that way. Um, I think sometimes, not very often, we decide we realised that it was cut too much and we needed just to let it breathe a little bit. But that is, yeah. that's a rare thing, really. More often than not, we just cut it down so it'd be more interesting to listen to. Yeah. And it's got, like, such a, an amazing variety of sounds. I think one of the songs, I can't remember which one it is now, um, it's definitely got... It's probably got my favourite ever guitar tone on there. Um, which one is it? <laughs> I, it's just some, like, just some of the guitar, song, uh, guitar sounds on there are incredible. And I know you worked with Charlie Francis. Was... Like, was there a lot of afterthought? Would you record the guitar part and then and then mess with the sound? Or did you know, like, just recording each song, like, this is going to have this amazing guitar sound on it? Or, you know, was this something you played with after recording it? I don't think we really played with it too much. I mean, we'd get the guitar sound with the pedals and the amp. Charlie's yeah. strength is just recording a sound as well as humanly possible, really. I think, I mean, in the mixing, he obviously tweaked things so it would come out more as well yeah. so i can't really speak to that but i don't think he really edited or changed the sounds too much yeah ah, it's it's like it's just it's just sonically honestly it's just such a, an amazing album and it's just such a great album oh. to run to apart from Prora, to... i think he, he did a bit of a number on that one and that worked out really well so. yeah, on which yeah. One? yeah on prora ah right yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's yeah, the one the, actually i think in that's the middle a, section oh. yeah charlie went to town on the middle section a bit um which was which was really good, and I think, I mean, Charlie will attest to this. It and Roger, you know, we we do this a lot. Is is all the work is done beforehand, all yeah. the planning, you know, even even sort of discussing um, albums that we like the sound of, by other people that we like the sound of, whether it be a snare drum sound or a guitar sound or 
bass drum or whatever it might be, there's a yeah. lot of dialogue and a lot of conversation goes on for months yeah. beforehand. Yeah. Um, and, and so that when we come in and actually record, all of the, I want to say all the hard work has been done, but that's not true in, in, in as, as such. But it, do you know what I mean? All that preparation is kind of, those some of the key decisions have already been made so that when you get in there it is about just like Rodri said capturing the best possible yeah. sound of that one thing that happens to be being recorded at that point in time yeah um and and because uh, you've already had the conversations you've already talked about the aesthetic you've already and that doesn't necessarily sort of um restrict us we can change our minds while we're doing it and we can do what we like but but we've we've already set ourselves at we know the route, you know what I mean? We might deviate yeah. slightly, but we kind of have a rough idea of where we're going and what, what the route is. And and all that work beforehand as is the things on the last well, album by album, um that have made it that I think has make it made it better and better and better, you know. Yeah. That prep beforehand really. Yeah. I and like I've worked with Charlie and it's you know, when you like you were saying you mentioned things you want something to sound like. Sometimes you think he hasn't heard you, or you you say like oh, I I remember when we worked with him. I said I'd love to have uh, like this uh, backwards reverb on a vocal, and he just went yeah yeah okay. And then like a month or so later, when he sent you the mix, he put it on there, and I was thinking I didn't even think he heard me say that. So Charlie's really good, isn't he? At, like just being in a room with you, picking up on the vibe you're you're giving off. He he seems to catch bits of your conversation that you think he might have missed, and he's just. He's just, I think he's just such an incredible person to work with like that because he really gets what you want it to sound like, I think. And he doesn't really make a fuss about it, does he? He just kind of goes about his business and he kind of nails what you ask him to do. Oh, definitely. I mean, he, he, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, all those conversations beforehand, yeah, it, he's, he's very good with people, if you know what I mean, in the studio yeah. with both of yeah. us. He's, he, you know, he, he knows our, our strengths and weaknesses. I mean, he... You know, as Rodri said before, you know, take something he said. He's recorded every note we've ever played in anger, as as right and left hand. So it, it and other <laughs> bands, but you know, so I think, yeah, it it um, yeah, he gets it. He's always got it, and 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 um, he always strives incredibly hard to make sure that that whatever we're doing is. Is considerably better than the last thing we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a definite evolution on on this album to the the one before it is, and like just in terms of sound as well. I know you're a massive fan of the drum sound on Queens of Stone Age songs, songs for the songs of the deaf, songs yeah. of the dead. Yeah. Um, and it, you know what? It's 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 up there. Your drum sound on this album is up there, isn't it? It's... Yeah, it's recorded differently to that, I think, technique-wise. But it, it, it um, because they do a really weird thing where they just record the drums and no cymbals, and then record the cymbals separately on yeah. on that record, which is what makes it kind of weird. But um, yeah, I love the drum sound on 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 the whole album. Um, yeah, we, uh, even down to again those conversations beforehand. We even talked about like the tuning of stuff, like the tuning of the snare drum and where it kind <laughs> of needs to needs to sit within the within the kind of sound of the kit as a whole. You know, th- those kind of things. Are all part of that that build up, you know. So yeah, it, it, it's um, I love that. I, I love that though. Like like you're saying, like you're tuning the snare to fit fit in with everything. Everything. That's what I love about this album is everything fits properly. It all just seems to be like this album just made out of perfect parts. Um, and I was just that just makes me think, you know, you did you have an idea what this album was going to be called, what the song titles were going to be before you wrote them, or? Was it something that came along as you were writing? Would you, would you like write something and think, "Oh my word, this sounds like a massive diamond mine in Russia," or "This sounds like this sounds like a skyscraper with a I don't know, like a five mile deep hole below it." Was it? Did it all just come together like that, or did you just go into writing something, thinking, "Right, let's make this sound like a, a, a Galapagos island, an island, an ideal island that's on fire," or you know what I mean? Was it back and forth? We generally write the songs first and get them to be as good as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, then our rehearsals are normally half music, half just chat and catch up. And we talk about interesting things that we've seen or listened to or done or whatever. And then we normally kind of have little discussions about the, what the songs are about. They always like just come up in conversation, really. Um, so I think, most, I think it got to a point halfway through and we realised a lot of the working titles were based on places. And right. there were a few that weren't, and they had different working titles, and then we kind of renamed them. I think the last song, Zone Rouge, had a different title for years. 
right, okay. Million before we renamed it after Zone Rouge. Yeah. Um, and I think with Murney, and again, it's kind of a very, you've seen that picture, right, of the town with a massive yeah. diamond. Yeah. Pipe. That's quite, that's a very evocative picture. Yeah. And then I think that it just seemed appropriate to apply Murney to that song because by the end, yeah. it does sound like everything's getting swallowed up. Yeah, totally. And it's a massive it's... explosion of sound. It sounds like diamonds as well. They're just that, you know, the, when the guitars come in, and like Mooney's such an amazing opening song because you've got this like drum beat, which is like, I don't even know what timing you're in there. I, I can't even, like, I could never join in with that. And I remember the first time I heard it, I heard that drum beat, and I was just thinking, what the hell is going to go with this now? And then it, I was really surprised. I don't know why, but it really took me by surprise that the first bit of guitar I heard from you, Rod, was rhythm. Was you play in a rhythm along to that? I really like kind of. Ah no, that's all burn. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Is it uh, the first guitar I play? Well, I do the synth note at the start, which yeah. is great because just and then that's all I have to do for a bit. When Bernie does all the work, um, ah, Bernie's doing all the guitar rhythm parts as well. Then he nips off behind the kit, and I just basically get to swan about on stage looking cool for a minute and before <laughs> I come in with a with a big delayed guitar part. Yes, yes. For the first minute, I'm Bez. You are Bez. (laughs) (laughs) That's my, like, I honestly, maybe that's what, maybe, because to me, I mean, I know you swap instruments and stuff, but to me, it's like, Bernie's the drummer, you're the guitarist. So when I listened to that album for the first time, I just thought, right, let's see what happens here. What's what's Rodri going to play now? Because, you know, you are one of my guitar heroes. I have told you many times. I remember coming up to you after a Vito gig, just like, what, how do you do it? What is going on? And I remember just being like, you start him with rhythm guitar, what? So, okay, that makes sense as Bernie, because Bernie's just not as good as he on guitar. So. I, mate, I, 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 <laughs> mate. Yeah, don't come to me for rhythm, man. Just every time. <laughs> no, I, it, it's, um, the only thing that sort of happened, was, which was quite a conscious decision before doing, sort of writing a new set of songs for, for a third album, was I, I, had, I got an obsession with, with, I had an obsession with, like, right, we need different pedals, yeah. So that we just add a few different colours and textures to the overall sound. They don't have to be used a lot. They could be used very sparsely. It doesn't really matter. That was, there was no plan for them. It was just need new toys, basically. Otherwise, it's just going to be... I was just not concerned, but just sort of in my mind, I was conscious that it was... There's another set of songs that have the same kind of textural palette, and, and, yeah. and that's going to be that. Yeah. So um, apart from the introducing more synth, which was, which was a thing we touched upon for the first time on the second record... Um, yeah, ended up spending a bit of money on sort of three or four different pedals, and, and one of them was a slicer, which chops up what you're playing. So that that very first thing you hear after that synth note in Murney at the beginning is, I'm just strumming a chord, but the yeah. pedal's chopping it up to go... Yeah, so I'm just playing straight through. If you took that pedal away, it would be like... It would be like when you take the delay pedal off the edge, you know? <laughs> oh man, I've never seen that documentary where it's the Edge, Jack White, and who's the guy from Led Zeppelin? The, the oh, Jimmy uh, Page. Yeah, I've seen it. And they all play. They fit the best riffs they've written. I, and yeah, like, I've watched some of that. Yeah. <laughs> so Jack White plays like Seven Nation Army on a guitar from a charity car boot sale or something, and then um, <laughs> Jimmy Page plays Cashmere. Which is like tuned like a sitar, and the edge is just like I, I, need, I need my delay pedal and everything. I can't do it. I can't play anything. Uh, so right, you've just well, do you know what? You've just destroyed the start of that album for me now because. <laughs> it, yeah. So, you, so the fact it's all Bernie's ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mate. I, it was like, I've had to live with for years. Yeah. It was like being let down gently. That was. It was like first of all, I found out it was Bernie, not you, and now I'm being told it's a pedal, not even Bernie. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just devastated. Um. Yeah. So that's cool. Like we talked about Bernie. Um. Prora. Then I. I got a little little thing I want to talk about with Prora, if that's cool with you, is that it's named itself, uh, you've named it after that ridiculously long building that the Germans built. It's like, it's insane. It's, it's like a travel lodge that just goes on forever. But then in the in the notes on the album, you mention the ship that sunk, which was also part of the the, the Nazi thing. What Strike was it, through like? joy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a bit... Why, why do you mention the ship on the notes? Because, I mean, the song's called Prora, about the buildings. And then, for, 
I, I just want to, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but when you mentioned that ship, when I listened to the whole album f- first time, I kept thinking about that ship that got sunk. And it was almost, you hadn't directly referenced it in a song title. It was in the notes. And I really felt like it was like a ghost ship that moved throughout this whole album. It was, you know, the sense of us destroying the planet. And, you know, that's a terrifying thought in itself. But it was made more terrifying by the fact that I was just thinking of this sunken ship with, like, all those people on board. Why did you put that in there? Right. Well, I read a book about the Wilhelm Gustloff which was the largest loss of life in one sinking because it yeah. happened in amongst the chaos of the end of World War Two. It just went by the by. And there were not really any official records or much of an investigation in it. And I read that and it was one of those... I'm big on, big on shipwrecks and reading about things like that. And that's just one of the most shocking things I've read. Yeah. About it. And then it went on to the strength through joy and the whole Nazi programme of getting the people to have like just this weird dystopian totalitarian holiday um pro it's named after prora because that is a very visual thing that building yeah. you can't fail to be stunned by it yeah um but i think that's one of the few so- the only song on the album that i sing um so there's one verse about the wilhelm gusloff the other one about prora right but i try and make it quite garbled so you can't understand what. <laughs> <I'm saying>, so. <laughs> but it's just i mean i think and it, you know you know the reference strength through joy I mean, obviously, that's a terrifying thing. The Nazis didn't do anything that was good. That is just such a bleak it's thing. It's three words that are just so horrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really... And, and, but, like, I find that happened a lot in the album. It was, like, the music would be quite uplifting, and then you'd be looking at what the song was named after and what happened in that place, and then you just it put, like, another twist on how you were feeling with this music. Because, mm. I mean, Prora... That's the one that's got my favourite guitar tone on it. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Um, and it's just, like, I don't know. It's just, you've just managed to do something with with the album title and the song titles. It, you get something, you get a feeling from the songs because it's instrumental and, you know, bits of singing. And you think, I, this is making me feel really good. This makes me feel like I want to go for a run. But then you're like, hang on a minute. Like, this is named after something quite dark. So, yeah, it's, I love that mix of, like, you know, strength through joy, which is actually a terrifying thought, and I think you've done now with the music on the album as yeah. well. I think Wilhelm Gustloff was just was the ship that was named after some obscure Swiss Nazi that was assassinated before World War Two as well. Um, so just that name is just got so many horrible connotations now. But um, I should mention as well, there's a book called um, "Ghosts on the Shore" by Paul Scraton, who's a great writer. But he yeah. wrote a book about his travels through the around the north coast of Germany and. Because I've got, it. I liked some of his other writing. I didn't really know what this book was about, but in it he writes about the Wilhelm Gustloff and about Prora, and okay. it was just a weird coincidence from the time of us writing the album as well. Yeah. So I just thought these things were all tied together. Yeah, definitely. And so I, goes, I just so it goes in, and like you say, it's just such a horrific story about what happened, and I don't know that that kind of. Yeah. I think the song after that is is Floriana, isn't it? Is yeah. that that's the third song now? And it's right. That song for me, that 100% sounds like you wrote that song knowing what it was going to be about. It's just such... I can hear the island and stuff in that song. Is, is, am I right? Um, again, no. The <laughs> tit- the titling came back to the writing. Sorry, did man. It? It's <laughs> it my... Did, it's yeah. cra- I can again, just... but it's like... There's a great documentary about Floriana and there's a great book about it as well. Um, yeah. And I think we were just talking about that and it just seemed right. Just again, just that it's got another explosion wall of sound, but in a very different way to Murney. It's just a bit, it seems a bit more serene and peaceful. Yeah, yeah, and it and it, it kind of that 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 song for not me. That, not that Floriana was a peaceful place to live in during the times <laughs> no, we talk about, no. but I mean that's a, that's another just you've just picked up on these really fascinating stories that I'd never heard of, and that's one of the things I've loved about this album is that it's made me it is. I've learned about stuff. You know what I mean? It's taught me things. It's made me research stuff. And yeah, well, I the, think the whole that, idea... that's that's always been the thing with us. That I mean, some on other albums it, we've had songs have been named after people uh, more so than places. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, 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 because we don't, because the majority of the songs don't have any vocals, so there's no lyrics to pin anything onto to sort of, you know, we we've always had a conscious decision of sort of even if it's something silly, it doesn't have to be serious. Uh, that that. Um, if, if we're not going to have any lyrics, we, there needs to be something in the song title that people can go and have a look at and, and 
like you say, you listening to the album and going onto Wikipedia is kind of the point in a way. It's like, yeah, yeah no, do do that because, you know, with the exception of a couple of songs, there's no there's no lyrics as such, and and to to hear that you sort of felt that that um, they matched it, even though it wasn't a conscious thing, is 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 great because I mean, the, my only thing with Floriana at the end, at the very end, when the kind of it's just that sort of huge wash of cymbals and those amazing layers of guitars that are looping over each other the Rod, Rodri does um it, it all i wanted there was end of end of season goal montage on match of the day <laughs> that's like it and I, I it still hasn't been picked by match of the day and i'm not having it but, no. but i've settled for scorio at this point <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but that was, but that was the kind of you know in my mind, when you get to the end, I've kind of forgotten about the island, and I'm just thinking about goal mo- slow motion goal montage. <laughs> That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Like I, I'm. I don't know. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to say something really clever about how I think this was the only song on the album where the title came first because it sounds so much like what I read about ha- what happened on that island, the island on fire. You know, even like the way the song fades out for me, I was like, oh yeah, see. What they're doing there, they're suggesting that the island survives. Man moves away. The fade out is man moving away on the ship, and the and the island survives. And I'm again, this is all about making me hate your album. This chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all about me thinking. I know exactly. These are my mates. I know exactly what they've done here. And now I'm just, well, I look look how little I know of you and your music. <laughs> um, the running review. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be the truth and feelings. <laughs> it's going to be a long review. I'm going to take a football. Hopefully, like someone <laughs> just kick it into the reservoir. That's what we want to do. Damn it! Yeah. Um, we mentioned there about um, you know not not many vocals on the album, which is which you know I don't even sometimes I'm surprised that people have to talk about that because music is music at the end of the day and no, if it's done. Right. As well as as you've done it, and you've given like the the listener things to read about. You don't need vocals. Sometimes the lyrics can can be like can have too much of an effect on you telling you what the music is about. And I, I like sure. the way you can just work it out yourself. And like me, j- just get it totally wrong. But um, you know, you do have the song with with Tally singing on it. How how did that come about? I actually know a little bit about how it came about and the process in studio. But I think it's really fascinating. You should tell us, the listener. Who's going to go for it? Um, I think we we were talking about having a guest vocalist for a while. Um, we were a couple of names suggested. Some people said no. Some people said they couldn't work it out. And then we, but Tali was on a was mentioned very early. So I'm really glad that she agreed to do it because yeah. I can't imagine that song be sung with anyone else now. Um, she did such a perfect job. That was one of those ones where you kind of. We deliberately left space for a guest. It was arranged in such a way, and enough space was left, yeah, deliberately for a guest thing. We've 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 never done that before. I collaborated in that way, and and with somebody else. Uh, but we left the space, yeah, for it. Um, and uh, yeah, like Rod said, she she did an amazing job. And, and when she came in to do it, it just wanted to do it in like a dark room. Uh, and 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 sat there with headphones on because we were just in one room in music box and uh, and we didn't have very long and um, yeah she she'd done the, the sort of main vocal bit and it was amazing blown away and all of that and they said oh, I've got this idea for a breathing bit um, but it's like not going to be in like a sexy way it's going to be like in a panicked <laughs> in a kind of panicked like a panic attack kind of way yeah so uh, so yes yeah, in the dark. Headphones on, eyes closed, starts doing the breathing thing, and I swear to God, I thought I was gonna have a panic attack by the end. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, oh God, blimey, Jesus! And then she went, and then she just went, oh, I'll double track it, and I went, no, oh, oh, double, double panic it, I'll double panic yeah. it. <laughs> so I, yeah, no, it was it was brilliant, and it was the it was the first time we we'd done that. I mean, we had talked about sort of maybe be collaborating on a couple of other songs when we discussed collaborations early on of like, oh, let's get a bass player in and have a song with the first, uh, have a bass guitar on one of our songs for the first time and, and nah, or, or, no. or, or, or have a different drummer and I'll play guitar as well, you know, or something. <laughs> but 
it, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't really, <laughs> that didn't really have the legs. I'm, I'm yeah. glad it kind of stuck to yeah. vocals, really, you know. Um, yeah, and we did I, have uh, we did have a fantastic jam with Jack. Yeah, and that sounded brilliant. But that's a different band. <laughs> that's think. a different yeah, band. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not right hand, left hand. That's a good. That's, that's a, a very good point. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing when you when you play with someone like Jack on drums, and it's just he 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 just puts so much of his own personality on it that it would it's a bit more than a guest vocal. You know, a guest vocal. It's easily my favourite rehearsal. I had Byrne to one side playing, Jack on the other side playing. I'd play a little bit of guitar now and again, but mainly I'd just listen to them playing off each other. It was fantastic. Can, can so, I be yeah. the Bears in that band if that band happens then? Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt, if it's you two and Jack, nothing's going to be in 4-4. So I'll have to be Bears. I'll have to be Bears. Um, it's interesting yeah. you say that. Um, uh, how do you pronounce the song title? Is it, is it Chakabuko? Yeah, I yeah. think so. It's interesting that you say. I've only you seen it written down, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, how do you how do you say half these places? Um, it's interesting you say you left space in there for a vocalist because for me the biggest giveaway that that song was waiting for a vocalist is your guitar solo on it. You would never do a guitar solo like that if it was just an instrumental. No way. It's too John nah. Fishante. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hang up now. <laughs> no, it's just I can just tell. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I was thinking, is this something that was added afterwards, or did they do this song with the intention of someone singing it? And then when I heard that solo, I was like, that it because it just comes so perfectly after the vocals that it's mm. just it it takes it to another level. Like her vocals are so strong on it. Like her performance is just unreal. She's unreal. And then you're and I, I'm always thinking like, oh, this is amazing. But let's not forget they. Predominantly an instrumental band, so how can they add their own bit to it? And then when that solo comes in after the vocals, it's like, oh my word, yes, this is perfect. Like it's, yeah, you can tell that you've written that with a singer in mind, I think, and it's, it works amazing. And yeah, yeah, exactly that, really. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I think it's just so perfect how you've got a female vocalist on there because for me, my take from the album is. The damage the man has done to the planet, and it's the, I think when Tali is singing, it's almost as if and I don't want to get too esoteric on it, but it's almost as if Mother Nature herself is singing. And Bernie says like her breathing made him feel like a panic attack, but for me, it felt like the album was recovering from his own panic attack by the time she comes in. It just ah. fits perfectly at the end of the <clears throat> album, and, and I, when I heard that, I was like, oh my word, yeah, like I can breathe now, I can chill out. So. I, I think it's yeah, it's just a perfect match. That is. Oh, I see what you mean. That's a, yeah, I like mm. I, I like that take. I think because I don't. Apart from that Twitter thing we did, where it was like a, list, a sort of listening party thing for it a while back, I've never really listened to it all of the way through for a long time. Really, not since sort of the mass we had the masters do and the final mixes and stuff, and and obviously checking when we had the sort of um, the test pressings for the vinyl, sort of checking that through. But um, yeah, it, yeah, I, I can kind of see what you mean. I, I might have to make the effort to listen to it from yeah, start do to finish it and just sort of experience that side of it maybe, yeah. Like, you know, like the first, the thing I was saying at the start is it really does feel like the album moved from this, like, you, you're you quite scared about the history of mankind, like the future of mankind, sorry. You want it, you want us to stay on this planet. And then you go through all these stories and, the, like, the just the, the sheer size of the music and then you have Tally singing. And it's kind of like, oh, my word, like, all this has happened. She's allowing me to breathe. I'm going to breathe in sync with her. It's going to calm me. And then the last song on the album, you kind of hand it over to nature in a way with the, with the song title mm. and the album title. And I was like, for me, it just felt like it's just the whole album is just giving up the planet, giving it back to nature. I, and, and, and Tally's part has a big, a big part to play in my, my thinking of that. Yeah, I really like that. That's, mm. Yeah, that's really, really good. We get you to write the, the press stuff for it for the next record in advance. Because <laughs> that's you know, part I just, I just go into, my, you know, I just go so deep into albums. No, and, I love it. You know, it's brilliant, like, mate. Like I do on the running reviews, I just like, I just like it. It's not that it has to mean something to me. Don't get me wrong. I, I run to albums. I'm like, there's no, there's no narrative going through his albums. It's not a problem. It's a collection of good songs. But this one for me just really felt like mm. something like that. And it felt like it was almost like prophetic in a way. Like I, I can't believe that it came out before what's happened to the world. I honestly can't. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It, I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's album really cover weird. in particular. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, it's just, it's just so, 
And, you know, if you think about the album, lots of things seem to have made sense on accident. And I think it's even, like, predicted the future on accident a little bit. It's, it's amazing. Well, it was weird because um, uh, there's an app um, that sort of tracks the sort of global... Uh, case numbers of COVID nineteen, and and you can sort of zoom in to different parts of the world, and and I tell you, it, it's the album cover. The world is red. Yeah. And you 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 just click on the on the bit that on whichever country you want, and it'll tell you the current live number of cases and stuff. And it's like that's just the album cover that we did like last yeah. year. That's mental. Yeah. How, yeah. You know, yeah. That 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 freaked me out when I saw the app. I was like, you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> No, there was quite a conscious decision about the but the because um, Rich Rich Chitty and the, the amazing Bubble Rap Collective that released the record, he yeah. did the, the the album artwork and um, there was a sort of really quite sort of important conversation really around the scale of all of that. I mean, Rodri, you know, could talk more about it, but I did not want the Mercator projection used, which is the standard one, which artificially inflates the size of Europe and the north and the north and the south as well. It's basically yeah. a racist. It's a very racist map projection, so I wanted to use a different one. Oh my but, word! That's yeah, because Britain is so small on the cover, isn't it? Um, that's how. It's not so much that it's small there; it's just artificially inflated on the regular ones that we're used yeah, to. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and you can see there's plenty of things on Twitter going around all the time. You can see the real size of countries compared to how they're uh, displayed on the Mercator. I'm not sure pronouncing that right. Uh, map projection. Um, ah, so just that's... very keen to stay away from that. I've got it here in front of me. There you go. And, uh, so, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Because I, I thought there's something I couldn't put my finger on about that. That the cover is like it just looks a bit different. It looks a bit distorted, but that's like a, a more accurate representation of the world. And yeah, it's one of the things you can't depict the world properly in a two D surface. It's just not yeah. possible to do. So yeah. there are just many, many different ways where you can try and do it. Yeah. And the one that stuck is the most imperialist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. yeah. Um, I there's a few. I don't know. I are you okay if I just talk about some of the sounds on the album that I love? Yeah, mate. Talk whatever, about man. Um, the the song Cola is that how you, again? Is it pronounced Cola? Yeah, about, I think so. Yeah, that's how we pronounce it. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you deliberately make the drum sound like it was the digging coming from inside a building and you're outside a building? Uh, it. Yeah, I guess, I guess so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, that, that's a weird one, because that was written a long time ago. Um, I think we were sort of playing that song in the set when we released the second album, so it was already yeah, around and about. Yeah. Um, and it's quite a sort of... Um, I mean, it's in 4-4, four, four and it's, it, it's, it, it's quite sort of straight in that sense, it, timing-wise. Um and, and Rods came up with all these amazing parts and layering stuff up, and I was like, if I overplay on this, it it's just going to be a problem. It, it, I, I'm going to... I just need to play really, really straight. So in order to sort of, I guess, amuse myself during playing something which is much more linear for me than maybe most of our other songs, I yeah. I just decided to play, with my, play it left-handed. So... <laughs> so I play the whole song left-handed as a right-handed drummer, um, just to sort of. I mean, it's in, it, it, the whole song's interesting to me anyway. So I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do it just to make it interesting for myself. It's like, no, no. I think it, it'll actually whether it comes across like it sounds like it's played like that. I don't know, but but I'll know that I did it that way. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that'll be enough for me. And and yeah. um, and so because it's kind of the same all the way through. I think we sort of with Charlie and stuff talked about sort of it coming out of kind of nowhere and like you say sort of feel like it's digging its way out until it kind of fully sonically opens up yeah um, as the song sort of really gets into its into its flow um so that's kind of what's what's going on there really um yeah I just decided to play left-handed and see what happened it's amazing yeah and it's really hard to play live because my I'm considerably weaker on the left than I am on the right. So I don't practice. So, uh, so the, yeah, the riffs in that song were all part of like a solo song that I couldn't really decide what to do with, and it wasn't really going anywhere. So I ended up just ah, kind okay. of cannibalizing it and turning it into right and left hand song. Yeah. That's why kind of all those riffs were already in place, and there was very little playing around in rehearsals. Ah, was the same? Out. 
in terms of like your solo stuff, was was that the same? With, is it Terra Nullius with the acoustic work on there? Was that something you were writing for yourself or? Um, no, that was again. That was something we all did in rehearsal uh, together. Yeah. Just decided the acoustic would sound better, so just got that for the recording, and that was it. Yeah. I really played it on the acoustic until the recording day. Oh really? Mm. Yeah. It that acoustic really adds something and surprising in that album because. Um, like you, you listen about the destruction in these places, and you kind of just think, oh, I don't know what I, I just want to be left alone. Like I just <laughs> this album just makes me just want to be left alone. And then Terra Nullius, and your acoustic playing in particular is like so beautiful. You just think I don't want to be left alone. It's 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 like a little bit in the middle of the album where you're like, do you know what? No, I, I we do need all these people around us so we don't feel so alone. And then obviously the album just goes on and set, and sets fire to the rest of the world, but. That's such a little beautiful moment in the in the middle of the record. I love it. Well, it's that folky finger picking stuff is how I started with music, really, kind of like yeah. twenty odd years ago. So I'll try and do it when I can. Is it <laughs> and shoehorn it into right and left <laughs> sure. <doing> there. <laughs> is it a saw on there as well? Did you manage to get a saw on that song? Nah, <sighs> no, I didn't. I think we tried doing it on the last album, but I just couldn't get it. To, it just didn't sound quite right. It wasn't right hand left hand left. There's pedal steel on it, and there's a bit of harmonium, but yeah. Yeah. Try and get some of my arsenal of weapons. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you should mention weapons, though, because I mean, a, a lot of the main focus of destruction on on this album is from World War Two, and you got White Sands on there, which obviously where they set was it the first nuclear blast was in White Sands. Yeah, the first te- test, uh, US test. First test, and I remember watching you play that at the album launch, and I had this weird weird moment and I don't drink anymore so it's odd that I get these weird out the body experiences because I'm sober but I really felt like I was watching a spaceship like something happened when you guys were playing you know the bit where you got to stop starts and yeah. you were there with it with the, that bit happened and it all kicked in and then I think the lights just went super white on stage and I was like oh my word like I started panicking I think I can't I can't drive home after this I've just seen a spaceship <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen a spaceship in Club Ibovac. um and yeah a lot of it is around kind of the destruction of world war Two and and obviously the, the the world we're living in now post-nuclear um you know after after the after we've dropped nuclear bombs and a few writers have said a few things i know lucy elman she's a writer i really admire and she says she wouldn't read anything that's been written since we dropped an atomic bomb because she just thinks it's changed our consciousness it's changed our minds and art will never be the same because there's always a sense of fear in there um I don't. Even, I don't even have a question at the end of that. I'm just telling you that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. So much seems to be centered around what we've done, like what World War Two did to the world, and I don't. Know, just I guess just talk about it, please. Yeah, it's um, it's. Let me know your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, with White Sands, it, it, it's um. Yeah, there's like a sort of. We tried to get the sense of the explosion in that. The song title and that music fits for me probably yeah. as much as any other song on the record, I think. Yeah. Especially when it sort of drops to the sort of half-time bit at the end, which is quite a sort of rock thing to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, it just... It, we, we would not normally have probably ever done that, but it, it just felt spot-on, really, and Rodri sort of doubling yeah. up the riff and it just, just being super heavy. Um, That's a funny it, song as well. For me and Burn, because that's one of the few songs where we can't quite agree on where the bar starts or ends, or where the, like a sequence starts. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Burn thinks like the sequence of four starts in one place. I think it's halfway through, <laughs> and as long as we don't think about, as long as we don't think about it too much, it kind of still works and still hangs together. Yeah. We, so, we but we're basically playing that song live in different places in the bar. Do you know what though? <laughs> that that is actually amazing because that song for me seems to. It has sound qualities to it, where it sounds like time is being warped and manipulated itself. There's little things in there that, I don't know, it's almost like time is going backwards for a bit. It almost sounds like there's backwards bits in there. I don't know, there's, there's like a really yeah, good... Yeah, we're, we're properly out of sync with each other in that song. So... We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. two beats, we're two beats apart, yeah, we're two no beats way. apart, basically. No but way. I've, yeah, yeah. But I've learned just to pick up the cues from wherever the hell I think it's going on. <laughs> so That's amazing. Because the like the backwards middle stops up, it's just so hard. We have, have drilled that quite a lot, so that's probably one of our best rehearsed songs. Yeah, by now. yeah, that, yeah. So yeah, kind of a real it, show yeah. life. That was amazing yeah. life when you both stood up and you were with your melted guitar pedals and stuff and, and doing your thing. 
Well, that was yeah. that, that. Some of the sounds in that middle section before that sort of stop start bit. It, that that is just a classic case of whenever we get a pedal or something new or anything is 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 not to sort of use it politely. You know, it's about it's about trying to break it. Like what what happens when you take it to its extremes? You know, so so yeah. a lot of that stuff with one of Rodri's pedals in particular, everything's just turned up full basically. Just let's just break it and see what happens and, and stumble. I say stumbled. Well, yeah, kind of found that, that, that sound really, you know, so um, yeah. it, it, it kind of mirrors that song. It, it certainly in terms of the way some of the kit we've got is used kind of yeah, mirrors the destructive sort of subject matter at the same time. It's like yeah, try, totally. and try and break it. You know, it's not about being polite, you know, As knowing kind of how and when to use, use these kind of effects as well. Like we yeah. could, I think the effect would be lessened if we used that throughout the album. Course, so that yeah, has its yeah. place on one on one mm. song. Same for the acoustic; that has its place on one song. Yeah, totally. So yeah, little elements like that just come in and out. Yeah, and I I mean throughout the album there's like a series of blasts. So you know, <laughs> like there's a blast of fire. I'm just thinking of an island on fire, and I think the the blast on White Sands just tops everything. It's it's a nuclear blast. <laughs> and it's like, it, I, yeah, the, there's like an up in in some ways like when when i listen to the album all the way through it feels like there's a gradual up in in intensity of destruction and again goes back to how i just felt as soon as tally starts breathing i'm like do you know what i've just been through an awful lot in 45 minutes 50 minutes i've been through a hell of a lot listening to this album (laughs) (laughs) um i've i got so much i want to talk about i'm just away of time i I don't want to be talking like forever because i'm already wrong about a lot of stuff and i don't Let's find out, find out what else you're wrong about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. It's just like, I don't know. I was going to talk about Clipperton and how I was like, yeah, I can I can see that hallucination. I can see the hallucination in the music on that song. I can see this fake boat, but you're probably going to tell me that you just decided to call it Clipperton after, I don't know, some sports team or something. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely named after that thing that we write about, the insane yeah. lighthousekeeper and all that. But again, yeah. after after we wrote the song. And that yeah. song was very different originally as well. That was about nine minutes long. We cut her in half. Oh, did you? Yeah. 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 There's this actually like one one really interest. Like, obviously, I find all the songs interesting. I got my notes here because I there was one bit I really wanted to just chat about quickly. And it is... Um, Smyrna. Is that how you pronounce it? Smyrna? Yeah. yeah. That one for me, right? That feels almost like the most human sounding in the on the album. It's like, um, it's, a, it's got like a different level of warmth to it musically, I think. And a lot of the album has been about destruction of Earth and obviously the consequences that's had on people. But something about that song just feels like what would happen if, like, just I don't know, it was like almost like the death of thought. You've got this place where, they, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I looked at it online and it was like, oh, it looks like a kind of place where lots of great thinkers would have come fr- from. And that song for me almost deals with like the wiping out of like a culture or knowledge or wisdom or something. It, again, I'm probably totally wrong, but that, that song just feels like kind of like the most human in a way. How did you, what happened to that song? Okay. Um, yeah, everything you say is pretty accurate on that, really. About the certainly the story of Smyrna. Again, a lot of that came from a book called uh, Paradise Lost by Giles Milton. Um, oh which yeah, is really good. I recommend it. Because um, Smyrna is now called Izmir and it's part of Turkey. Right. Thank you. They had an earthquake there the other day, so it's still topical destruction. But yeah, the whole story of Smyrna was just kind of a very cosmopolitan city. I think it was known as the Paris of the East, if I remember correctly. Um, and again, mankind being mankind slowly tore itself up and tore itself apart, and the city got set fire to. It reminds me, this, as a song, it, it, I don't know if I've never sort of, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to Roger before, but I, I think as a song, that reminds me more of songs on our first album than any other on, that, on, the, on Zone Rouge. Okay. Just, I, I don't know why, maybe it's just the drumming, maybe actually thinking about it, but there's... there's something about it that reminds me of something we would have done earlier. There's a rough explain fe- that organic nature of it, you know. Yeah, there's a rough yeah. feel to it. It's the kind of thing that always makes me nervous when I play live because there's always some bits that are really tricky and unpredictable. Like yeah. I play the melodica through the guitar pickup and that can go any number of different ways Yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. Of on the actual day. 
Um, so it's, le- it's less controlled, I think, than a lot of our other stuff. But it, it's, it's a bit slower as well, isn't it? It's a bit slower and it's kind of a bit groovier in a way. So Yeah, that, there's, there's just stuff, there's just elements of it that remind me of that kind of, because we, we didn't really know the technology as well as the sort of kit that we've got as well as we do now. When we did the first record, we were kind of still finding our feet with it. And, and there's, so it would always kind of hinge on that same groove almost all the way through for the most part on the first yeah. record. And I think there's just an element, not quite, but there's an element of that on, on Smyrna, I think. Um, and yeah. I really like it. I, lo- I love that it kind of has, for me, it always has that nod so it, back to that stuff, but back to yeah. the earlier stuff. And, and I, I kind of really, really, really like that. And I think with the album as a whole, we made some, we certainly made a couple of conscious decisions to sort of um, uh, have one or two songs that weren't so heavily always looping. There's a loop and another loop and it's just layer after layer. It's just, let's just have one loop. There's a riff all the way through and just jam along to it. Yeah. Which is very much what we would have done on the first, uh, you know, when we first started, that's what we did. So, so, um, yeah, there are a couple of times actually on on the record where I mean Clipperton's that Clipperton's just one riff and sort of play play along yeah. to it. Um, there's very little looping in general on that. Uh, the, the the Excel the Excel spreadsheet on that one was pretty simple. Uh, but, uh, but, um, like a track and trace. Like a track and trace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, um, but yeah, so, yeah. I, I, there's something about the, the the couple of the songs on there that I I kind of think I have a nod to what we were doing when we started, which I really really like about it. Mm. And that Smyrna riff as well, that was me trying to do an Om riff. Because Om are an amazing band. So I've never heard those. Something. Yeah, yeah, I'd recommend it. If you like Smyrna, you would love Om. <laughs> are, they a, are they a metal band? Um, Is it? Kind of... Like, yeah, stoner, psychedelic stuff, really. Okay. We wouldn't call them metal. They're heavy, but they wouldn't call them metal particularly. But um, Again, it's another two-piece, so just drums and bass for the most part. Ah. Them, kind of more Eastern riff sounding riffs but yeah. I was yeah it's definitely got like that eastern sound to it and yeah you know as I as I listened to it and I was reading Wikipedia I was like oh this all makes sense this is this is this is lovely yeah. this goes with yeah. what I'm looking at mm. of that place um yeah I don't I don't really know like what, I don't know what else to say I don't have to say I love it have you re- <laughs> what uh I don't know I don't know, what's happening? What's on your notes? What's, what's in your... I've got loads. I've got loads of stuff here. I've got loads of stuff here. Let's have a look. Look at this, boys. Uh, I don't know. Stuff. I don't know. Do you want more? Do you want more? Mate, what do you want? Well, what do I, you want? Can give you more, I can give you more questions if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to metal. Like, I I, dis, I I didn't discover metal. It's been around lo- long before I knew about it. Um... But I'm I'm really into death metal at the moment, right? <laughs> Mate, honestly, when you said you were going to run to Master of Puppets that first time, which was one of your earliest running reviews, I was like, that that was the album that introduced me to metal when I was like eleven, yeah. And and I I thought, oh my god, I cannot wait. No, having having known you for a long time, yeah. Made written songs with you, been in bands with you, toured with you, all of that stuff. I thought. I can't. It, I was. I've never been more excited for a YouTube video in my life. Like, oh, this is gonna be great. Do you know the mad thing about the Master of Puppets one is that I recorded it the day before, and my GoPro deleted all the footage. I don't know why. It just and um, I stopped halfway through to have a shave in the reservoir. Like, I, was like <laughs> I don't know why. I just before I even ran to it, I thought I I grown quite a lot of stubble, and I was like, I'm gonna stop halfway through his run, and I'm gonna have a proper shave in the reservoir, and I did it. And it's ridiculous, and I did it and filmed it, and no one's ever seen it, so it was a waste of time. And like, I tried to do it the next day, and obviously I was clean shaven. Like, what? <laughs> What's going on, like? Um, but yeah, my, I, the thing I'm surprised with metal is how I've never known a musical genre to be. Like you look at it from the outside and you automatically think without even listening to it, you look at metal fans and you just think, I know what this is all about. I've got this genre assist. I don't even need to listen to it. And you listen to it and it's like, like Metallica, they're like a bunch of babies. They're a bunch of you know, <laughs> you, I'm, I'm surprised that like, people are so, they just, need, they just need a hug. So many of these metal bands need hugs. <laughs> but anyway, that's got nothing to do with my love of Zone, Zone Rouge. What's, what's next? Are you working on the next al- the new album now? Uh, we yeah we've I, I recorded a bunch of stuff in Music Box during lockdown 
version one and uh i i've sent them to roger and he started sending some stuff back we've never ever written anything in any of the bands we've been it using doing it that way never ever i don't mm. know how it's going to work it's still yeah. early days but, yeah. but um, I guess our best stuff I, get, is when we get together in it mate yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a good way so when we next get together we're not starting cold we've got some good ideas to jump off from yeah um so it's, it's useful from that point of view but i can't see it taking over the way we normally do things no, no i agree no. i can't imagine having a completed song arranged and ready to go um like that no, it's just it not possible it wouldn't sound like us yeah I, i've yeah. seen um, bits and, I, and again i'm i'm at home i've got like kids that go to bed and i live in a residential street i can't make that much noise so <laughs> gotta go down, gotta go down to music boxes and for all that stuff yeah. you've got to yeah you can't yeah. you can't create a nuclear blast from your living room on a terrace street can you it's, it's a bit... no, well not not again no <laughs> <laughs> but i've seen a lot about bands like saying that they, they are kind of loving break uh, lockdown and they're writing stuff but yeah like i haven't i haven't touched a guitar anything since April, I can't, I can't imagine doing it. Mate, you're too busy running. I am, <laughs> I am running. Running's been weird for me because it's made me appreciate music more and listen to more music, but also hate the idea of playing music. Like, wow, it's weird. Honestly, I, I would say I love music more now than I ever have in my life. Um. And I just, I constantly just, I want to listen to new stuff. I want to be blown away by stuff all the time. But then at the same time, I can't think of anything worse than writing a song. It's weird. Ah, it's mad. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I almost just want to leave it alone. Like, just leave the music world alone. And I just want to be an observer and a fan. It's it's weird how it's happened. Yeah, I think, I yeah, I, I kind of feel, yeah, I'm definitely kind of, I guess, obviously the the other way at the minute in terms of, um, I, yeah, I'd like to get into a room again with Rodri and make some and write some new material. You know, write some songs. I mean, yeah. there's a couple of gigs booked for next year uh, uh, already. Uh, I mean, some of them. In fact, there's a few, and some of them are like well into next year, like Focus Wales next October and stuff. But yeah. but um, um, I, I part of me, or not not that it's pressure as such, but I kind of feel like I'd really like to have a new song to play at, at that first gig back. Rather yeah. than just playing, everything. Yeah. but but the mad thing is, is that when we released, I mean, we released Zone Rouge almost a year ago to the day, and uh, there was some plans to do stuff, some gigging and stuff in in the spring, yeah. and then obviously any festivals or anything that might come along during the summer, and you know, um, and then and then it all it all stopped, and weirdly, it's an album that's been released without any real. Yeah, touring. Not that we're like a big touring band, but 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 you know, it, it, there's been no touring of any yeah. anything to speak of. At least with the previous two, especially with the second one, there was you know support tours with people and, and bits and pieces yeah. here and there, and yeah. festival appearances and the like. Yeah. But there's just been none of it. So that kind of bit of this of that album seems to have been just cut out. Yeah. So yeah. so I'm kind. I'm aware that we kind of probably should play some of that released material. In more places than just Club Eva Bach, I'm kind yeah. of conscious that we should go and try and get out as far and, and wide as we can, with, with you know within within the limitations to sort of get as much done as we can to, especially you know, and to shift a few more copies. I can't be having all these vinyl lying around; it's mental. <laughs> but especially as it's double vinyl, it's like Christ, there's loads of it. So yeah. you know, I, I'd kind of feel bad for the planet if we didn't actually sell some more <laughs> some more copies to people in person. So I, I'm conscious that we, we should probably get out and. And almost complete. It feels slightly incomplete. The yeah, process yeah. feels incomplete. That's the, Not theme the, of the next like... album is the environmental carnage caused by this album. <laughs> <laughs> Just each song title. Yeah. Each song title is a charity shop. It's full of your records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, I kind of feel like we need to do that. But I'm really conscious of like need some new songs. Really like to have some new songs. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I'm feeling about about music at the moment. And, I'm, and you know, reopening music box and hearing bands coming back into what was an incredibly lonely and quiet building for such a long period of time is yeah. is, is nice at the moment. Um, 
uh, and the and the Mustang Sally levels have been quite low, which I'm quite pleased about. So yeah, really? people are not celebrating anymore. Covers are just for celebrations, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I haven't heard um, uh, Sex is on Fire or or um, Rocking in a Free World for a while. So no, well there's, you've, there's a... you've stopped you've stopped going to those Donald Trump rallies, haven't you? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you Let's know, go the, back the, to something you were saying. Sorry, Jimmy, going back to something you were saying about how speedrunning, you just want to listen to music and not do it. I'm kind of in, I've been in the same zone lately, actually. Yeah. It's been yeah. a funny, funny year, obviously. It's been, some things have been in the news, you might have noticed. <laughs> um, but then I, early on in lockdown, I started making good strides towards a new, like, solo Ratatosk record. Yeah. Um, then hit a bit of a wall, came back to it a month later, realised I didn't like a lot of what I'd done, so decided to scrap a lot of it and then leave it be. Around yeah. the same time, I started doing the Running Punks plan. Um, yes. And that was more me going out and listening to music and listening to it in a way I hadn't really done before. Um, and yeah. that's kind of carried on now. That's amazing. So at the minute, I'm just still enjoying listening to a lot of music and soaking it in. I'm sure at some point later in the year, in a few months, I'm going to start back at the solo stuff again. But yeah. in the meantime, when I'm sitting down on my computer, I want to listen to music rather than That's amazing. Something. Yeah, yeah. And again, I've been doing that on go. Again, I'm not on the same level as you guys, but when I go out for a little run or something, I'm at the point where it doesn't have to be something I know really well. It's something I can listen to for the first time and get yeah. into it that way. I, re- I really think running is an amazing way to listen to an album for the first time. I really oh, do. Definitely. It really yeah, no, is. I've learned yeah. that def- definitely very recently, but yeah. Because you just, you, you, I mean, you can't get distracted by anything, obviously, apart from where you're running, but you just, thought, like, people ask me a lot, like, how do you, there's no way that's your first listen to an album when you talk about it, but it is, and the reason you can talk about it like that is because you're not thinking about anything else. You are just listening to the album, and, like, that's what it used to be like when you were a kid. You used to, I used to buy an album, and I would just stick it on and listen to it, and then go to school the next day and talk about an album as if you'd known it your whole life. And we've just gone away from that a little bit. And we like, it's, you know, you, you'll watch something on Netflix and you'll be on your phone at the same time. And you do the same as sport. You'll watch sport and you'll be putting your opinions on Twitter of how the game's going. But when you run in and listen to music, that is literally all you're doing. Just run in and listen yeah, to music. Yeah, I, I always, I, until you started doing the reviews, I always really, really struggled with running to music over the years. I, I, I but, <laughs> Part of it was to do with, uh, I think, being a drummer, that depending on the tempo of the music, that would be the speed that my legs would go. I'd yeah. kind of lock into it like a click track. So, so like, a, and so it, it, if the music was slow, I'd get really annoyed and my, my, my runs would be angry. Ah, this is rubbish. Uh, but, but I've kind of managed to, so I, st- I stopped listening to music for years and years and years while, r- while run. Like, there's just no yeah. way. And then when, when you started doing the thing and then introduced me to, um, those aftershocks headphones. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a game changer. Yeah, and, totally. And now, now I kind of feel, I do go on the odd one without music just to sort of soak it in, I guess. But, um, uh, but yeah, I tend, now I have to kind of run to, run to music. Although I do sometimes find myself, especially if it's uh, music I, I know, uh, yeah. is I, I will skip songs going, well, that's not going to work up this hill. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, but, but generally I, I kind of let it run and I've definitely used your cues of, of sort of when you've listened to a record, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and listen to the same one because I've, I've not, especially if it's one I haven't heard before, I'll, I'll go and do that. Um, but I, I tell you what, though, I think I ran to the Ghost Lawns album recently, which I play on, and that was kind of, I could just about do that. Um, but I don't know if I could listen to a right and left hand album while running. I, I think I'd be so ab- absorbed in. Oh, I could have played that better. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I tell you, know, next time I think I might. I'd start overanalyzing this so much that whilst I would probably, I probably it would it would almost absorb me into the music too much that I wouldn't. Yeah. That I would I would forget that I'm actually running. And I like to enjoy my running. Yeah. For what it is, it's that kind of balance between listening and running it's not like don't get too immersed in one or the other just get a nice so you'd be thinking you'd be thinking spreadsheets too much yeah yeah i'd just be i'd just be like oh man we can't oh man that drum fill there's not right i could have done some if only you know so and it's it's more analytical analytical of my own parts rather than the songs as a whole as well so it's definitely like purely a drumming thing if nothing else but i i think i'd have to draw the line at listening to zone rouge while while running that's for sure 
I don't really like listen. To, I don't listen to myself for fun anyway. It's just <laughs> you know, it's like one of the best. One of the best things about finishing an album is you never have to listen to it again. You've lived with it for so long. You spend months and months and months rehearsing it and getting it ready to record. Then you spend like a really intense five days in the studio recording it, and then after that, you can listen to it, but you don't have to. So I choose not to. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I listen to it because nobody else will. <laughs> I'm like, I've got to get at least 30 listeners a month on Spotify for this. This is just embarrassing. Yeah, most of your listeners are in Clanethley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do that. I just press play and then put the computer on boot and leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Welsh Music Prize Conversations with the 2020 shortlisted bands and artists. You can stream all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it or let us know through our social media channels at Welsh Music Prize. Diolch yn fawr am rando i sgyrsiau gwobr gerddoriaeth Gymreig gyda'r bands ac artistiaid o'r rhestr fer 2020. Mae modd gwrando i bob un sgwrs trwy am, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. Os ydych chi wedi mwynhau'r podcast yma, gwnewch yn siŵr ei rannu neu adl ni o bod trwy'n sianeli cyfryngau cymdeithasol at Welsh Music Prize.